Hey y'all, welcome back to Leafs Late Night. Remember to head on over to the Inside the Rink YouTube channel where you can find all of the videos like uh, this one and our last one and the ones before that and all of other podcasts and all kinds of hockey updates. So go on and subscribe to Inside the Rink on YouTube and uh, follow us on Twitter slash X, whatever you call it, and uh, on Instagram at Leafs Late Night. Welcome back. I am joined by... Galaxy Bean and Darty Broder. We got uh, a couple a uh, couple friends on the show tonight for a change instead of a duo. So uh, we got lots to talk about. It's been a while. We've got uh, Leafs dropping five of seven games, but finally winning one here with Calgary. Uh, some weirdness with uh, Alex Galchenyuk that we'll get to later. And just some general what's going on, what's going wrong, and how do we fix it? So all that... And more tonight. What's on. going on? <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup: Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All right, so welcome back, welcome back. We've got, uh, like I said, lots to talk about. Things have been very nuts to good in Leafs Nation. Got a couple wins, but uh, I mean, like I said, five of seven. The only two wins they have in those seven games are tonight against Calgary and that game against Tampa, where they had no business going to overtime, let alone a shootout tonight. So it's tough to even give them credit for those ones. Um handing Tampa one of their four OTLs, which puts them ahead of the Leafs in points because Tampa's, uh, you know, I think the same record otherwise for wins and losses. Uh, It's not been great, but the way that we're going to handle this is we're going to sandwich things, make it uh, something not so good, and then something that has been good because there are things on this team that have been good. So why don't we start with one of those in uh, Mr. William Nylander, who hits 14 point in uh, sorry, a fourteen uh, game point streak. How many points does he have in this uh, this streak? I don't have it in front of me. It's like nineteen. Standby. Some, I know his total points are like twenty one or something. Is it in the twenties? So. Oh, is it over twenty? I wouldn't I be surprised. Streak, He's had a I wouldn't know what the points. streak is. So. It's fourteen. But, I know the streak. I just don't know the number. Twenty one, but that's probably 20. going into tonight. Okay, so. 21, potentially 24. Don't correct us if we're wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> but I was William. Right, so. <laughs> Attaboy. Um, and thanks for coming back. We missed you. So, William Nylander, I've noticed he has scored a lot of goals just dancing his way to the front of the net and tucking it in. I'd say about half of them are that, and half of them have been just bullet shots. So, what uh, <laughs> what do we do here with William Nylander? Because, I mean, the team's been playing like garbage. He's been fantastic. And his dollar value just keeps ticking up. What what the hell are we going to do here? Who pay wants him. to start? I mean, how do you pay? We don't have the money to pay him. Cap is going up. We've got, what, between Klingberg and Bertuzzi, we've got almost $10 million there. Yeah, and we're look. Who do we put in then? Like, we're just going to be filling the team out with league mins. I mean, it is I'm only gonna... one more year until Tavares is off after that. But like, 
It's just <sighs> we're already seeing how rough it is to try to uh, fill in the rest of this team. Like we only have the top six performing, and that's about it. The third line's starting to pick things up, but I just got to interrupt God. you for a second. Is that we're not we're not getting rid of Bertuzzi, right? That's like that's that's stupid. That'll be up there with the with the dumbest things that the Leafs will ever do in the history of the Leafs. Like, yes, these guys are on a bit of a dry spell, but Bertuzzi's not as bad as everybody's pointing out. Klingberg, however, has been pretty garbage. But again, like, again, it's where where we look sometimes as Leafs fans. Like, it's ne- we have to be honest to ourselves. We're pretty crappy to our defensemen. So, and he's been a cr- pretty crappy defenseman. So we'll get to Klingberg, but I, let's v- make sure v- this is v- on Nealand. We're always going to be harder on them. I think there's some sloppiness going on here. I don't know what it is. Like, you know. Bean and I got into a little uh, uh, tiff uh, back and forth on the group chat about Justin Hall, but it, it, it's all it's all fun and games, all a joke. At the end of the day, like like we're no nobody actually wants Justin Hall back. <laughs> like it's just we really need like solid D, you know. <laughs> no better way to put it. Like it doesn't matter. It's not about the quality of the D. It's just they need to exist. No, and I and I do, I do want to talk about that, but just for starters, as Nylander has been playing so good, I do want to start with something that's good. So, any thoughts on Nylander, the impending contract, what we can do to make it fit? Because people are now talking about if he keeps this pace up all season. Obviously, not this pace, like nonstop scoring, but if he keeps up, um, you know, like a hundred point season pace, he could be looking at ten and a half, eleven million dollars, and that wouldn't be outrageous. Like somebody would pay him that. So that would be roughly, I'm not doing exact numbers here, that would be roughly a $4 million raise. So at the end of this season, you have Bertuzzi, who's up at 5.5 mil, you have Brody, who's up at 5 mil, and you have Klingberg, who's up at 4.1 mil. The money's there, not to mention the fact that the cap's probably going up, what, 4 or 5 million? I'm saying you have to replace those guys too. So that you're. But you're, you're not going to be replacing Bertuzzi, who is giving you production at a fourth line player for a five and a half million dollar player. Yeah. But you still, so I mean, we're also not going to find another bunting at 900 K like they're going to have to pay somebody to fill that slot with Matthews and Varner right now. That's nice. Yeah, that's true. Right. You have nice. You have uh, Nikki Bobby still, who's looked great so far since he's been called up that the cap's going up. Not a, not as much as should, but it is go, finally going to, excuse me, go up more than a million. So probably what four to six million next year between that and the expiring contracts. I'm not concerned. You pay Willie, you keep him. After that, your next priority's got to be goaltending. Even two three years down the line, I'm not concerned. It's just mostly next year. Like well. Everybody is still at this prime level. We still have Taveras. I don't know how you make it fit and still have a team that you're going to go for that that last push with JT. Because obviously, unless he takes a huge discount, we're not going to be able to keep him around if well, we want to keep Nylander. We're not going to be signing JT to another $11 million contract. If he's asking $11 million, you let him walk. Like, Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if, he'll, if he'll take six or something to stay, that's a different story. But like, I don't know where we're going to be at uh where he's going to be at where like you know it's just between this and next year it seems like it's really buckle down and and go for it and i'm worried about what you're going to be able to fill the rest of the team out with because we're already seeing how horrible the fourth line is with uh with what we've had to to spend and 
yeah, like if the cap goes up four million and that entire thing is erased by by Newlander's raise, that doesn't leave much room for for making many other moves. Because I mean, a lot of our money is tied up in in injured players and shit. Like, I just I don't know. I'm but, worried, but, but I between, do have to take more time to look at it. Between Bertuzzi and Klingberg, there's ten million dollars you're getting next year. Not to mention the five from Brody. Like, yes, yeah. the players still have to be replaced, but it's not like we're like the contracts we're locked into for years are our core players who are still producing at or above the dollar figure they're getting paid. Muzzin and Murray both are done this year too. Yeah, fellas, I, I I'm arguing here that. Uh, of those three players, though, I think that we're guaranteed to keep one of them, and it really depends on who decides to pick it up before. Like, this is a very early conversation. Like, we're talking like mm-hmm. these guys are dead in the water already, but what are we? Like, we're not that many games into the season, all right? Like, there's there's a lot of chance. I, I don't really see Klingberg redeeming himself with the way he's been playing, but, like, Bertuzzi's got a lot of heart out there, especially this game. Like, I saw, like, yeah, he's not always, the guy like that's not always going to be scoring for you, but there's some, like, I would argue Brody's more likely to leave just because right now he's he's new Justin Hall next to well next to before Klingberg when this season started Brody was looking very Hallish now Klingberg's obviously decided to uh, you know steal the trophy for that prize but again we're very early these guys can figure it out especially defensemen but I would argue Bertuzzi figures it out long before the defensemen do again because of the defenseman curse on the Leafs right I said our visual on defensemen is always pretty raw like we're we're never going to be good to these guys. <laughs> I do agree. I think Bertuzzi has more of a potential to figure it out than the D do at this point. But again, if we're talking about like back to how we're fitting Nylander in, like, look, if you let Brody walk and you let Klingberg walk, Geo's probably done. That leaves oh, you. Geo's with... done. Geo's that... definitely done. I don't know about you guys, but we got to. That's one. That's that's one where we have to like shake hands and say like, you know, yeah, you're moving fun. to the front we office. Love... Yeah, we we love you. You know. It, you know, you you have a choice here, right? You can keep playing the game, or you can go buy yourself a wig. But you, you, <laughs> you know. Now I'm not saying you can't go out and find it, but that leaves you with Morgan Riley, Jake McCabe, um, and you have to sign Benoit or Lagason. Like basically, they only have McCabe and Riley signed after this year. So you can let all these guys walk, but you have to completely fill out your defensive roster. Um, sorry, you also have Connor Timmins for another year. Yeah. What like at, at this point with I yet again it's early small sample size but with what yeah, Lagason's been giving test, us but... with what Lagason's been giving us that's basically a replacement for Brody right now and yeah, that's but his contract he does need a new contract Lagesson, after this year sorry Lagason what a beauty that guy also with a football linebacker fucking number like <laughs> like what is that eighty five like I guess maybe a wide re- wide receiver or something but that's that he's cool I I liked him I I liked every look that he had this game like I'm sure there was some flubs but when I saw him out there he like I was not expecting that level of play no I I've really liked the signings of uh, of Lagason and I mean Gregor's the only thing that works when I saw the the lineups for tonight when it was Gregor with Reeves and Camp I'm like fuck. We're not giving Gregor any chance here. He's just going to be stuck on the the worst line that we've put out in a long time. Like, let's let's transition over to something that's not working. So, I mean, I'm looking at who we've got signed beyond this year and next year. We've got Matthews, great. JT, great. Marner, great. Uh, David Kampf, Ryan Reeves, um. Pontus Holmberg, Matthew Nyes, and Kelly Yarncroke. Okay, cool. Um, so we've got 
one, two, three, four more years of David Camp, and uh, three more, well, two after this, and of uh, Ryan Reeves. So what the hell do we do with these two guys? Because they're the only thing that we have locked ourselves into and it doesn't work. Reeves is minus 11, like zero on the ice yeah. for goals. Like Everybody's saying, oh, you know, Reeves isn't your problem. Like, okay, yes, he's not the defensive problem right now, but he's also not a defenseman. He is not the only problem going on, but when he is out there, he is not contributing at all. Well, honestly, neither is David Camp. He has been lackluster this season. Like, I, I really hate that, you know, it's it's kind of following him. There's always signed his contract and checked out because, like, it's not like it's a huge contract, but, I mean, it's the most he's thought he was going to make in his career, I guess, to that point. So, for him, he's pretty set. But it's just, it's kind of a shame to see his game fall off so much because he was somebody like the Campfire. We had a nickname for him. Like, this, the way he's playing this year, it's not somebody we'd make a nickname for. Like, this guy was a staple on the penalty kill. He was, uh, you know, it actually made sense at one point to put him out in overtime because he was a good defensive faceoff uh, taker. I don't know why I can't think of words. Uh, I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shut up. I, I just, I hate to see this because he, his game's not there and the combination of him and Reeves also not having his game there, it's like, it's just a disaster of a line. And like I said, poor Gregor, who's actually given it all he's got to try to stay on this team. And, I, um, thought, yeah. I always thought the camp signing was weird without Kasha. Like I, I felt like they were a duo. It's like you can't, you know, it's like shoe and shoelace. One cannot live without the other, you know. And uh, I didn't understand why we would sign Camp if we weren't going to sign Kasha. Like Kasha was averaging great. like thirty games a season. Like he, the guy couldn't keep himself out of the box. But, of the, like, but the that's press my box. point. Is that like? If you if you can't have them both, then you don't have them at all. Like you can find there's 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 a David Camp is like I'm sorry, but he's just like you can find him. You can find a guy like that in a cereal box. Like no offense. Like as I was saying, if it's the duo that made, I felt made Camp, and it's like without without it, it's just kind of lackluster, you know. So well, I mean, we didn't have Kasha right, last season, and he was still effective. Like he he had a decent season. I just like I I didn't hate the the dollar value they gave him when they gave it to him and i didn't hate the four years it's just now that we've seen his play i'm like this ain't it this is not it he's not playing defensively like he's supposed to and he's not you know taking advantage and i don't even think he's playing much shorthanded minutes like he was a, a key favorite last season and that's why he's still here like and it, yeah he's definitely yeah. not playing to the level that we've grown accustomed to him playing <clears throat> no um so i mean is it somebody that you can like what's the solution here like you can wave reeves i guess like what is does camp have any protection uh camp has modified, modified no, no trade, trade. oh my god a 10 team no trade list that's not awful but ryan reeves you can you can just throw down to the miners and bury that 1.3 mil but like uh, what do you at, at, at this point? We've only got fifty three million committed to next year. Yeah, like you got a that, lot of slots that, to fill. Yeah, but that leaves the team pretty wide open. Like Trey Living can actually put his mark on the team 
next year <laughs> as it's like yeah we're seeing how that calgary team's I'm, playing I'm, out i'm not i'm not saying that's going to be 100 percent a good thing well you know that's yet to be determined but it is interesting that so early in his tenure we get to see basically all of dubas's pieces get stripped away because i mean like really matthews marner and tavares and nylander are less his and the the rest of the team is kind of more what he he put together i mean this year it's kind of more a lot of trail loving species but uh yeah it's interesting that that all of dubas's stuff is going to get stripped away pretty quick besides david camp that being said chris johnson has tweeted out that zadorov with zadorov looking to be traded out of calgary word is the pending ufa defenseman would welcome a move to toronto yeah of course great <laughs> it will take jonathan huberto too not at that time it's like a lot more players like around this time are getting scratched because like I've never had this many. Like, I, I work, I'm playing in a fucking 12 man, you know, fantasy league, and like I have like I've, I'm seeing myself and other guys like like playing people that aren't playing. Like, is there a lot of mystery trades going on, or just a lot of weird disciplinary action happening in the league this year? Because like I've never seen this many players scratched like during like fr- a Friday night or you know on a <laughs> weekday game. It's just weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just. There's been a lot of teams that are supposed to be doing a lot better than they are. Like, I mean, between the Flames, the Oilers, the Devils, the Hurricanes, the Leafs, Tampa, like there's a lot of teams at Florida, a lot of teams that are supposed to be doing a lot better than this. So, you know, people are scrambling to figure out what's going on because a lot of these teams haven't made a ton of moves and uh, changes to their roster. So, like, the Oilers are tied for last. Yeah. Like, let me just pull up the standings real quick. Yeah, I've, I've got it right here. You have the Oilers, you have the Wild, Kraken. Oh, no, the Panthers are fine. But yeah, the Sens um, are at last in the East. Like, that's not what they were expecting. No. The Penguins are starting to climb up. So are the Caps. The Islanders are falling. The Hurricanes and Devils have caught up. Okay. But um, the Preds are in last in the Central. Like... That's uh, yeah. So that that's what's going on. Is a lot of teams like scrambling. The Wild are off to a bad start. Their goaltending's been horrible. A lot of goalies have been underperforming this year too. I've noticed uh, through fantasy. Yeah, goals like, uh, have been way up. There's a real big like changing of the guard going on, like behind scenes, not just like I'm sure with offices and players, but like like generation wise too. Like I feel like a lot of the guys we grew up with are starting to to realize like they're not the majority in the league anymore. And like, you know, the young guys are t- really taking over and you know, the teams, not just like teams are, you know, when teams say they're rebuilding is one thing, but teams are like without even seeing it rebuilding because they're, you know, so these young guys are coming in and taking over. It's not the Crosby Ovechkin league anymore that we're, we're, you know, Crosby Ovechkin Kane league that we got so used to. Right. It's yeah. Like, I mean, even, even when we had Matthews, it was like fun and exciting. Like we've got, you know, the new, best player and everything but now it's like you see these clips from jack hughes and like all these other kids coming up it's like shit there's there's like a lot of really good players all around the nhl that are coming up and and kind of setting the pace for what we're going to see over the next 10 15 years there's also some behind the scenes guys guys who i never really noticed from like the past 10 years like like with like who have played at least within this past decade who are now coming out of the limelight as good like tyler (laughs) to like I don't know who I didn't. I don't know who the frick like Matheson is on the the Habs, but apparently he's a lights out defenseman now. <laughs> so it's like, where are these guys coming from? And he's yeah, I Matheson 
wasn't Matheson the Panther that would always end up having to play forward against the Leafs for some freak injury and he'd score like two, three goals a game? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You guys know what I'm saying though? It's like there's a I said there seems like there is like a bit of a like the the league as we knew it like three years ago post COVID is definitely not the league we see see now. Like it's a, a lot of things are you know, the times they are a change in. Especially said you'd mentioned the Hughes brothers, you know guys like Cole Caulfield, Arbor Arbor X Gage. Like I know his, everybody calls him his real name, but I like to call him X Gage because it sounds cool. You know? <laughs> oh, but by the way, I know his uh, nickname has been Wi-Fi. I heard a new nickname that someone was using for his younger brother that I kind of like, Scrabble. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so good. Um, but to, to touch on what you're talking about, though, like as silly as it sounds, a lot of that I think could actually be related to the fact that the like probably the best draft in NHL history, most of them are retiring now. The yeah. 2003 entry draft. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that... Oh no, he would. That wasn't Jumbo Joe, was it? Oh no, Jumbo Joe was no, like ninety-seven. Yeah. But like Just, 03 you had Flurry, Eric Stahl. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, sorry, I was Suter. too young to like have a memory for them. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I love them dropping those. <laughs> like we've got Flurry, we've got Suter, uh, Burns, and then. Perry, and then I think it's all the way down to Pavelski. But aside yeah. from that, that whole draft is retired. But like it was loaded top to bottom. You had Vanek, you had Seabrook, you had Dustin Brown, you had Jeff Carter, you had Getzlaff, you had Stewart, Kessler, Mike Richards, you had uh, Brian Boyle. Uh, sorry, I'm just wow. trying to quickly read here. Louis Erickson. Like the draft was insane. Patrice yeah, Bergeron was in that a- draft. Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah, that draft um, has dominated the NHL for the last 20 years. So, yeah, it is kind of a, a change. And with scoring being up to, like Darty was saying, you know, guys coming out of the woodwork that have been around for a while, but now there's space for them to, to take on some of these roles. Like, Toffoli was somebody that I lo- was looking at today in, uh, in fantasy. And I just looked at his past season stats. Like, this guy, 15-16, was his... Uh, career high, 82 games, 58 points with 31 goals, uh, 27 assists. Okay, this guy's 31. Last year with the Calgary Flames, 34 goals, 39 assists for 73 points in a season where the Flames were not that good. Like, yeah, what? Where does this come from? This dude hasn't scored over. I mean, he's he's got 28 goals in 2021. Other than that, he's had like. You know, eighteen. That's some crazy. players, some players are just like that. And as much as I hate bringing them up, uh, a good example of that is Marshawn. I was, I knew you were going to say Marshawn. Like I hate the guy, but you have his first four or five years in the NHL. Like he was decent, mm-hmm. but he was like 40, 50 points a year kind of guy, and then he just exploded. Put two and two together. It's like Tage Thompson, you know, he was around for a bit, but then he figured, oh, I can shoot. And then I, I think just with, push people out of the way with you talking about, well, Marshine can't because he's the size of a fucking rat. But um, I, I think with the kids coming up and, and how they all seem so good is like you look at the players we, we've been talking about from the 03 draft and that 
the goalies they grew up shooting on, no offense to goalies, but they weren't the greatest in the world. That's Whereas true. now goalies are like full blown athletes. So you now have kids. Tell my that fantasy have team, please. <laughs> you now have kids like say the Hughes brothers, for example, their entire hockey career, right from the, when they started playing with a puck has been against goalies who have had specific goalie drills and training and yeah. like everything. Like these guys have been going against legit goalies at every level. That's a good point. The, I do the level of training this, though, has gone like, up. Being, you are 109% right. <laughs> However, it's like the goalies they grew up shooting on, uh, Martin Roder, uh, uh, Flurry. Uh, <laughs> uh, possibly, no, they, 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 did, they weren't Wall. playing in... <laughs> they weren't playing in the NHL at 13. I'm talking right, about right. legitimately growing up. Okay, I thought you meant like some of the I guess like right after that draft, like they would have got to place like probably the greatest like like Hendrik Lundqvist, <laughs> some of the greatest goaltenders of all time. Like I would I would argue like the young kids right now are playing against possibly the worst goaltenders of all time. Like these are a lot of these guys look like 80s goalies because they have nothing but finesse, but they have no they have no finish. Like, like <laughs> we're looking at some of the, like nobody can find a goaltender right now in, in, in fantasy. Right. Like, and that, and there's a reason for that is because unless I don't, okay, I, could, I was going to say, unless you have Vasilevsky, I have Vasilevsky okay. and he's dead. Are, are we talking, <laughs> so, are we talking so like, about <laughs> fantasy or are we talking about actual? Well, hockey? the points, well, I think it's the points of the points, right? Like, it doesn't matter if we're talking, like we're all, we're all citizens of this game here. We're all, we're all watching it happen. Right. Like not, a, there's very few people who are, who, who who can who are like the very few teams that have a goaltender that's just solid, right? Like they're all fucking you know dime a dozen goalies right now. It's it's it, you it, before before every team save for the Leafs <laughs> had like one goaltender and that was it. And now it's like we're just throwing you know everybody's throwing mixed bags out there and like we don't there's no there's no Broders there's no Lunkvist there's no Di Pietros there's no there's no flurries. You know what I mean? In fact, there's not even like a David. You know, there's not even like you know a Kevin Weeks or an Abisher. That's like that's that's what everybody's putting out right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think to kind of both of your points is that there aren't those kinds of guys because players across the board are better, right? It just makes the goalies look worse when everybody shooting at them is getting better. So I think like it's a pendulum, right? Like we're seeing defenses kind of behind the forwards right now as far as skill like there aren't a ton of shutdown defensemen in this league there aren't a lot of shutdown forwards in this league and they're very valuable when you find them so once we get a couple more of those you know maybe we'll see scoring start to go down for a couple seasons but right now it's a majority offense league so it's it's really eating up the the talent of goalies like people are taking you know 30 40 50 even shots a night like these guys uh, can't sustain playing 82 games like that. It's not like where you had, you know, like Bean was saying, guys from this 03 draft, there was a ton of fucking defensemen from that era that you could not get through to get to the goalie. Like they were much lower scoring games because there were l- less shots and the goalies were given a chance to make a, a really good save. So that's just kind of an opinion take, but I, I think the pendulum will swing back and forth. Like it's when definitely it's, weird to- it- go, go for it, Bean, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, it, it. there's other factors, like, uh, style has a lot to do with it, too. You look at the way the LA Kings play. Like, Cam Talbot is looking like a world beater right now for them. Where well, when like, I was saying probably... that there's defensive forwards that are valuable, like, that's the team that I was thinking of, is because they are built in a way where it's like, let's get guys that aren't necessarily the best scorers, but, you know, you're not going to get past any of them. Yep. And then, like, 
goaltenders wise this year like you you still have elite goalies they're just not Canadian anymore like you have Vasky <laughs> Vasy you have Sorokin you have Shesterkin um even Saros Hellebuck no, like Saros has not been great this year yeah, I just okay. want to point out the, the, yeah, Vassie, this year so Vassie far Vassie Saros, dead. But... He's not still not playing. Though Jonas Johansson had two shutouts and is now garbage. But but um every yep. other goaltender that you so mentioned actually Quick. had Yeah, as I say, every other goaltender you mentioned was good last year, but they are currently not that great. I think Shesty had some really bad games. I don't know about uh the he's other hurt guy now. that you mentioned. Yeah, they yeah, so hurt right now. Yeah, so we're just talking about this year. Again, to go back to my point about like a weird this league is really weird right now. That that is another reason why, right? Like like it seems it seems crazy to think that like there's more of a chance that someone's gonna beat Gretzky's goal record than someone can ever beat Martin Broder's a number of games played. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because like the goaltenders they like they're it's like a new goalie every day, right? Like yeah. the Leafs <laughs> the Leafs certainly have been playing like that. I know it's not they're not the only ones. Like oh what, yeah, there's what, a lot of Jack teams that are going right, right now. Down. Well, I was like, just gonna say uh, there's a lot of teams, even the Oilers, who have gone all the way down to their third goalie. Like, um, I think even the Flames tonight called up their third to back up uh, Fladar. Yeah, but their third should have been the NHL two years ago. I know, that's insane. Uh, so I do want to bring this back to the Leafs for a sec. So we had a question uh, from Mike the Fanatic. This is something I wanted to talk about with Reeves. So um, Tyler Bertuzzi gets laid out by Nikita Zadorov, And other than Kampf giving him a little shove, there is, again, no response. And this is the talk of the town is uh, we brought these guys in so that we could fix this problem. And this problem persists. Nobody cares. Even Bertuzzi himself getting hit doesn't jump up and start running the guy back. Like, maybe he throws a couple words, but like, what are we doing here? Is this not what we brought all of these guys in to change? Nothing still. Like, I feel like a broken record. We've been saying this every episode since like the third one this season i think what needs to happen is when they go on a road trip and they play vegas that somehow johnny t gets locked on the roof of a building and all of them have to go and find him and hilarity ensues because that's the only way this like it was a point i was actually trying to make earlier but we actually talked about real shit so i couldn't talk about my crap but but the point i was trying to make is this team like it seems like a lot of different clicks but not really a team and we have a lot of great pieces that you're living brought in everybody's shitting on them but i still think that they're pretty great even though klingberg is really fucking slack and i i like bertuzzi's heart he still kind of play like crap but i st- i i know he was uh this commenter was saying that he didn't see the fight in bertuzzi i did i felt he did it's just unfortunately the refs kind of got in the way a little bit there like what do you want to do start punching punching stripes like if if stripes is already there you can't really start swinging you know what i mean it's unless you're tom wilson or some crap you know it doesn't doesn't make sense <laughs> so, yeah, like you're not going to start a fight when the ref is already in front of you like he was already there like well at least the linesman was already there like it's just you know it's game over at that point like if you're if you two two guys along on the ice different story i'm sure bertuzzi would have done something but you know you can't really throw a punch when the linesman's there you know you're gonna knock him in the teeth you're gonna lose a four games you know it's not <laughs> maybe out of the season i don't know so but to continue my point is that these guys haven't really been like they've been playing good like we won this game because we have a lot of great players but they're not playing like a team there's like three different clicks out there and the new kids have to learn to start playing better with the you know matthews marner nylander Tavares, like all these other guys especially reeves like reeves seems so out of place i need like like he's making comments he's saying things he's Go out there and break teeth. You know, like this. That's what everybody else has been saying. Like all the other pundits. Like, don't be talking crap about Marshand after the game. 
tell someone to get off the freaking ice. I'm going on and I'm going to go scare the living daylights out of somebody because I'm fucking Revo, right? That's how it should be. I don't want to hear talk after the cause talk is cheap. You're, you're not here to talk. We have, we've, we've had plenty of talkers, you know, we had Matt Martin in the past, right? We've had plenty of good chirpers. We don't need, we don't need that. The Leafs don't need chirpers anymore. We need people to go out there and not necessarily beat the tar out of somebody, but be threatening enough and put somebody on the boards legally enough or sneakily enough so that shit like that doesn't happen. End quote. Go on. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's not enough, you know, like we've said, you know, the the little shoving after the whistle, the things that always happen to the Leafs that were like, why, there's no calls on any of it. People are just getting pushed around. Like those are the kinds of things that they need to step up and start doing if they want to be a competitive team in this league, because those are the things come playoff time that, you know, clearly are what are what have been separating everybody else from us. So uh, we're all tired of seeing this uh, the stars on this team get pushed around especially Tyler Bertuzzi who was brought in to fix this like he's the last person that should be laid out and just taking it and skating back to the bench like that's crazy and to to your point like they didn't win this game because they're a good team they've won this game despite so many problems the same way that they won the Tampa game like they blew a 4-1 lead again and they managed to win like they have a couple guys that are fantastic and playing their hearts out and having the best seasons of their lives. And they are scoring like crazy. Like that pass Willie fed to Tavares behind is like, just fucking without looking behind his back. That's insane. Like this guy is playing on another level. Matthews was so, so tonight, but like overall, these guys have been great through all of these games. It's that again, the defense Klingberg is, uh, we'll call it an unhealthy scratch tonight like has been borderline unplayable as a defenseman. And I hate to say fucking a toe so, but I said, is he not going to be Tyson Berry 2.0? Oh, look, we pulled him off of PP one already to put Riley back on there and he can't play defense. And now we're like, why did we bring this guy here? I like, is that not what happened with Tyson Berry? Like, <sighs> well, so Tyson, <clears throat> Tyson Berry wasn't really utilized properly because he couldn't get along with Babcock. But that's a completely different story. Like, I mean, I feel like he didn't work because he was an offensive defenseman when we already have one of those. Yeah, and but you can't really have two star offensive defensemen that only work on PP one. If if you utilize them properly, yes. But like, because Riley can kind of do a little bit of everything. Like, he's not a Norris Trophy defender, and he's not a hundred point scorer back there. But he's definitely a, a, a useful, excuse me, sorry, useful top pairing guy. Um, but with what you're, I mean, I think he's with, not a hundred point scorer because we haven't gotten him a good enough shutdown defenseman to play with him. Besides, I mean, Brody on and off has been that person. Muzzin has been that person at sometimes, but like he hasn't been allowed to just be that. He's had to come back and play so much. Like, yes, he's kind of a two way defenseman, but it feels like we've shoehorned him into that. But go on. Well, yeah, but he's he's never gonna like. I love, <clears throat> I love Riley. I I me, don't want to see too. him leave. I want to see him retire as a leaf. But he's not a hundred point defenseman, and that's fine. Um, hold up. What are you eating there, Johnny? Why aren't you sharing? Um, banana chocolate chip muffin, and I did not bring enough for the class. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shows up late with Starbucks um, and doesn't even bring anybody Starbucks. <laughs> that's okay. Starbucks is garbage. Um. It is actually bridgehead for life. (laughs) 
So, like, with what you're saying about Reeves, like, yeah, okay, send him out there against Marchand for what, that kind of stuff, but the guy wouldn't be able to catch him anyways. Like, the days of what you're talking about, those retired with the first lockout. Like, that, that type of play is gone. That's one of the reasons why I didn't really like the signing of him to begin with. But, like... Okay. Go ahead. Hold, hold, I was going to say, hold up. It's not necessarily, like... Your point, your point is good because that is good. That is a good rebuttal. But I, I want to elaborate. It's not necessarily that he has to go against Marchand. And I think uh, uh, Kiprio has brought that up, brought this up, and I felt very strongly about this too. Is that it's not that you have to go. You hurt the big guy, but you got to you have to scare a little guy and tell him, hey, this is happening because he did that. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm going to, I'm going to keep nipple twisting your little brother until your big brother stops stealing my fucking money you know what i mean like that that's what you go out there and do you're gonna keep getting a purple nurple for this because because your big brother keeps fucking you know breaking into my locker you know what i mean like and then then you realize oh oh crap my little brother's getting hurt i should probably go help him out because my stupid action you know what i mean like it's like basic schoolyard basic schoolyard bullying you know like you're gonna pay for this because he did that and then that's how you get into people's heads right like and that's what happens at Leafs all the time like they you know who who the hell is lilligren right like why did he have to get fucking his ankles broken and nobody cares and that's why you know if we did care it's like you know what you take out lilligren we're gonna take out some other bullshit player from your team how you like them apples? Instead, they get to keep walking on their fucking victory streak, and we look like assholes. Yeah, like it wasn't Matthews that was taken out. It was Nyes that was taken out. They go after somebody that's easy, and the point is there needs to be response from somebody. I'm, like, we're not asking them to start a fight. I'm not asking Reeves to go out there the next shift and, and punch the door up in the face. I'm asking for him to have like the whole point is the attitude across the team was supposed to change by bringing these guys in his whole point was supposed to be a vibe change so when Bertuzzi gets laid out and somebody doesn't immediately go and hit Zadorov and get up in his face and something should be broken up there like that's the time when there should be a, an immediate response where like maybe a fight does happen like you, you when somebody like that gets laid out like that's where someone should jump in and go hey don't fucking do that this like, is also what's been built, what's been bred into this team for the past five, six, seven years, though. Like so many times you've heard, whether it was Babcock, Keefe, whoever, say, we'll get them on the scoreboard. Like, I know that's, it's that's that's their it's not working. No, I know. But the, like, it's not just a personnel thing. That's the rebuttal to everything. But if if that's the rebuttal, why bring in? Reeves and Domi and Bertuzzi like why why did they do that if the rebuttal is going to be able to get them on the scoreboard why wouldn't you go after guys that are just going to score and don't give a shit about being angry like the I thought that was they talked about bringing snot in so are Mm -hmm. they just was it snot with Advil cold and sinus like it's we want to bring it in, but we want to also our medical this, staff is great, so you're not going to have any. Like I don't this understand bringing this. in is what's on reef skates right now. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, I don't want to be out here encouraging schoolyard bullying, all right? Even though I've already given several examples <laughs> of how to do it. But I think the ma- another point where you know we you have to miss uh, we are missing just because it's you know rather stupid point anyways. But it's that like you know we're saying oh we have to outscore them, but also too it's like the the fear factor of we don't have to hurt people. We just have to make them piss their pants enough that they can't score. Like that's a very valid point that I'm making here that people forget. It's that you don't have to go out there and fight. You don't have to go out there 
and hurt people. You don't have to do anything dirty. You literally just have to make them scared, put fear in them. And nobody fears the Leafs. If someone's worried, you know, someone's like, man, these guys are tough. These guys, they all show like after if someone hits Matthews, everybody gangs up on me. You know, they don't have to hit me. They're just always there. They're all eyes always look at me. They don't have to fucking crack me in the back of the neck. They just have to be there to see, you know, when something stupid happens, all the guys are there. Hey, back off. Don't be a bully. Don't be an idiot. You know, like nobody shows up. And that's one of the major points. But if you, if they did, it said, if, if you're about to piss your pants because you're worried about something's going to happen, like, you know, you worry these guys are breathing down your neck. You don't need to worry about outscoring your opponent because they will not outscore you because they're too worried about pissing their pants. <laughs> exactly. And look, there's another rebuttal to, you know, getting them on the scoreboard and also that the team is soft. Look how many times they've given up a goal immediately after scoring in the last five games. It's insane how they've just fallen asleep and gotten complacent after they score like, oh, psh, right. We score. This is what we do. We're good. And they immediately give one up. It's they they simultaneously set the record for the fastest two goals this season, scoring two in eight seconds, to also giving up the fastest, I think, uh, after scoring. So, like, <laughs> guys. And they always seem flabbergasted after that, too. Like, it's they're surprised that that happened, as if, like, it hasn't been happening for the past seven years. Yeah, it always cuts to the bench. Someone's like, fuck. It's like, what? What do you mean, fuck? You didn't play defense. You let the puck go the other way. You coughed it up. You made a pass without looking. Like, the amount of mistakes they make after they score is insane. Okay, so um, another quick thing here. I did a, uh, a poll a couple days ago. This is when we saw uh, Klingberg was benched. We saw Bertuzzi benched. Uh, Reeves benched. So I said lots of benching and lineup bumps going on. Which Leafs should be the most worried about their situation? Reeves, Klingberg, Bertuzzi, or Samsonov? And the winner at 39.3% was Ilya Samsonov. So with Joseph Wall playing fantastic tonight, um, making some crazy saves, like that one on the breakaway, and I think it was Manjapani with his toe. That was insane. It might not have been Manjapani, but regardless, you know the save I'm talking about. Um, Joseph Wall was amazing again. What what do we do about Sammy? Like, is it a matter of playing him back to health, or or are we we questioning this decision and looking at other options? So, I think with Sammy, I think he's got a little bit of of Campbell in him with the fact that he's he's beating himself up pretty bad with how he's been playing, <clears throat> like. You've got to remember, this is a guy who was a highly touted prospect for the Capitals. Never really gained enough traction to be, you know, their guy, the guy they thought he was. Comes here last year, has a, a much better year than anyone anticipated. Yeah. Gets hurt. And then since then, he hasn't really been able to put it back together. So, like... Like, there's so many different ways you could handle it. Realistically, at this point, I think you have to let Wall kind of run with it. Like, Sammy will be in, in tomorrow against Vancouver. That's that's tough on the guy with how hot Vancouver's been right now. No kidding. And, I mean, credit but, to Wall. I just realized he played his way through Martin Jones and Sammy to get the starting position. I forgot we had to, we were trying out Jones as a potential somewhere in this mix. Well, like, Wall's been in the in the prospect pool for a long time like i said he was in the same draft as matthews yeah so you you listen to who was it 
uh, Mike McKenna. I, I hear him talk all the time on Sirius XM and he's from the St. Louis area, which is where Wall's from. Like he just raves about this kid, the potential he's got, the, the, the way his, he plays his game, the efficiency in his movements. Now tonight wasn't perfect. I didn't get a chance to watch every minute of the game tonight, but he, you know, he played great in overtime and great in the shootout, but he looked a little uncomfortable at times which he's kind of had this season. He's had some stellar games, and then he's looked really not like If you're the goaltender, tend the goal, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there weren't um, a, lot of, a lot of the goals on wall tonight, like from like distance. Like they weren't like up close and personal, save for like the shootout and like one or two of them. Like he got caught off guard by like, like a couple slap shots out from like Ovi's office kind the, of deal. The third goal was a tip he had no chance on. The tying goal, in my opinion, he should have had. Um, he kind of he lost his seal to the ice with his pads, and he didn't have a stick covering his five hole. But like that's kind of breaking things down at the microscopic level, because realistically, he's been playing great for us, and we we just got to keep going with it. Because if if the potential that he has been talked about having forever if it's there and he's actually able to realize that potential that's incredible for us and he's right around that age like not that Samsonov's not Samsonov's only a year older than him but like you know there's the opportunity there so what's the deal with our goalie depth chart right now like what's like if say say something you know say a, a thunderstorm hit Samsonov and you know can't he doesn't play anymore whatever happens what who who's next right like who's our Shalgren? probably martin jones yeah what's martin jones deal? would probably be the next one to come up what's his deal why hasn't he been playing like is, well because he's, he's, he's a career a... sub 900 shitty nhl starter <laughs> I, I was but just he, gonna say he's a he 33 year old though, right 865 he's not some a- ahl guy no he's he's an nhler and he's been on uh, the Seattle Kraken and San Jose Sharks for most of the last decade, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, his numbers match. So he's never been on a good team to his credit, but his his good years were, you know, 2014 to 16, I think. And since then, he's just been uh, somehow still playing, but sub 900. Like how Campbell and Skinner are playing this year, but all the time. Okay, and then yeah, non well- any non-NHLers. Whatever happened to Beaner's favorite uh, Keith Petroleum Jelly? What's his name? <laughs> Petroleum Jelly? <laughs> Pet- whatever, whatever, whatever happened to those guys? But there was like, you know, back when we did have Shalgren, there were, he was also uh, he was also kind of in the woodwork. Like, what happened to our, our AHL stars? What, what's our depth there? So, right now we've got three guys on the Marlies battling it out for time. Um, we've got Petrozelli, we've got Jones, and we've got Hildeby. Now, Hildeby has only played three games, but he's got the best stats right now. He's literally won one and one, a win, a loss, and an OT loss, with a 168 goals against average and 935 save percentage. Very, very short sample or small sample size, only the three games, but Jones has played four, Petrozelli's played five. So they're kind of letting these guys roll through and see who takes it. Like, Hildeby was kind of one of them draft picks that made you kind of look twice. At the time, because the guy was very young, he just gone through some surgeries, dealt with some injury problems, wasn't playing at the highest level, but like he's a six foot seven goalie. 
I was just gonna say, isn't Hilda be like a monster? Like he's like really tall. <laughs> yeah. And heavy Which, too, if I remember. Yeah. Is six seven two twenty two. So not. Well, I guess yeah. Well, he's as heavy as I am. So fuck. <laughs> he's a little bit for... taller too. He's a little bit taller though. There you go. Jeez. Um. So yeah, but then like you've also got the um Pexa, you've got Octiamov overseas like. The goalie depth is probably our best right now. If you had to look at all our depth, um, but if yeah, if anything happened right away, you'd be it'd be Jones coming up first. I can pretty much guarantee that. Okay, so another thing I want to talk about. Uh, this was talk of X tonight. Everybody wanted to see the replay. Uh, did Morgan Riley not score in the first period, and we just kind of played on? Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, that puck went in and came out of the net and we just kept going and there wasn't a whistle for like four minutes. So they didn't really talk about it. And we just went on. Uh, what? What's the protocol there? Do we not like watch the replay to see if the puck crossed the line? So if in instances like that, if there is an actual goal... Typically, you'll hear the goal, like the horn go off, and the situation room will tell them that they have to review it. Yeah, I just, every review I've, every video that I've been able to find, which is a whole one, thanks to Exacto Mar, um, it very clearly looks like the puck goes in the net and comes back out on the other side of the net. Like it goes behind Vladar and then it trickles back out, and they pick the, the puck back up on the other side of the net. After it goes in, I, f- I feel like this is not the first time this has happened this year, not just with the Leafs. And do we not have like cameras up the ass, like everywhere in in there? Like, how, how is someone not just watching that? How is there not like a sensor, or, like a radar or something? Like, it's 2023. Like, yeah, don't I, I get like TSN 5G view for this shit? Yeah. Like, if it crosses the line, something should go off, you know, like, like a, you know, like if you steal a ruby from a from a bank <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean there should be some like laser that immediately if that puck goes over like ding 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 like it's not it isn't rocket science it's it's pretty common technology i would say now like if they don't have that it's kind of weird so they've they've been trying that for a while with the trackers and the puck <clears throat> and when it first came out sorry i don't know what's going on right now i need to get a glass of water um when it first came out, you literally had players complaining that they could sense the weight difference in the puck. So they used it for a handful of games, and then scrapped it, went back to regular puck. And I, I'm not sure exactly where they are with that technology right now, but they I know it's not it, being used for the goal line. They they have a tracker in the puck because that's what the NHL Edge stuff is, all the like puck speed and all that. That's where it comes from. But I'm as far as I know, they don't have anything in the goal posts or in the goal line so they don't have it quite there yet it's not not even like crazy technology like you know i got these two little pucks that like i line up in front of my door and if the cat walks by he gets shocked right away like that asshole knows if he crosses the line (laughs) because every time he goes every time he goes into my room he's parked his butt on my face i can't deal with it anymore (laughs) i'm so allergic to cats i I love them but like stay out of my room (laughs) The puck comes. It li- okay. There's no way this isn't a goal. Okay, I like. Thanks, Tomar. I'm gonna 
share this here. Okay. You can see this, right? Yeah. The Look fans at, the... at home might be able to. Yeah, okay. See the puck right here? You can see my cursor? Above number three's hip? Yep. Watch this puck. There, it's at the line. Okay, we don't see it here because this is pretty low res. The net moves. And then watch behind after Riley's head moves. Watch behind Vladar. There, you can see the net moving. Where the puck comes from. Right here. How does the puck come out from here if it didn't go in the net? There were two there were two shooters, Johnny. One from the grassy knoll. Like, I'm serious. How... How does it the puck come out here if that didn't go in the net? Like, they, right... They do get some really weird bounces off the post. <clears throat> well, then why... Like... If that was a crazy bounce off of all the posts, why don't we get to see it? You know, like, why aren't they... Why isn't that the first review? You know, like, the first replay after that puck was frozen, why didn't they show, oh, by the way, because everyone celebrated a goal, the goal horn went off? We should show that. Like, I don't understand broadcast-wise why they don't get into that. Like, the fucking score changed, and the whole team skated towards the bench for a sec. Like, like that was very clearly marked as a goal and pulled back without anyone saying anything and nobody addresses it and we just all kind of play on. I don't understand. <laughs> they still blew a 4-1 lead. Again, it's the same thing I've been saying every night. Their good players are going to be good. Kelly Arncroke had a good game. Good on him. Killer Croc. But um, it, honestly, the, the good players have been good. It's everybody that's bad that's been playing horribly that's costing them way too many goals and again i'll say it they are nylander and taveras away from being the oilers and not being able to outscore their problems so you know there we are um <laughs> other Well, even <clears throat> even last year, they were power play merchants. Like, they, they had a great record, and there was tons of points, but it was almost entirely on the power play. So, like, the, the fact that you... If they went in thinking that they were going to be running at whatever the ridiculous percentage of power play they were running at last year, again, this year, and just be status quo like that's a problem also Vander Kane's production has dropped off he's down on the third line now so I mean yes maybe you shouldn't, shouldn't be such a shitty person sorry <laughs> um, another quick question here from uh, Benito the Basset Hound can we get a game or two 
where I don't have my wife on standby to take me to the hospital for a heart attack. Jeebus, did Trey mess up this team that bad, or were they just not that good last year? Um, I mean, last year, I think we had some good pieces that we are now without, pardon me, that we might have taken for granted, just for maybe not the how maybe not for them being good but for them not being bad (laughs) like we were complaining about guys having hands of stone and not being able to finish but not being able to finish is better than not being able to control the puck defend and keep the puck out of your own net like we've gone from mediocre bottom six to like unplayable bottom six so i mean yeah (laughs) i don't know what to say on that front like the the top six is better i think this year um if bertuzzi can figure this out i think nice and bertuzzi in the top six with those four is a lot better than bunting and whatever we had last year until o'reilly Exactly. Yeah, agreed. Good. Exactly. Um, last question here from Mikey D. Do we believe Willie breaks Marner's point streak? I don't think so. Just because of the way that Marner gets points, he's going to be able to pick up a primary or secondary assist, whereas most of Nylander's point streak has come from the fact that he's scoring like a monster. So I just don't think he'll be able to keep it up to 23. Like another nine games of him scoring at this pace is kind of unheard of um it would be cool but i just i don't see it happening at i didn't see it happening but at this point i'm <clears throat> i'm kind of there like really because it'd be sick. i haven't seen i haven't seen anything that he's been doing that makes it look like this is unsustainable like it's not like he's got a crazy high you know shooting percentage where every shot he's taking is going in 
Like he's getting volume on the nets. He's taking shots from every position you can think of. He's doing incredible passes. Like he's a literally cutting his way playing. to the front of the net. Oh, yeah, it's like Rick Nash in 07. Like it's 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 really really great to see that he's actually using his frame and his skill set the way everybody's been calling for. He's out here trying to make money. He's literally playing for dollars every time he's out there. Oh boy. Since you said Michael Scott, um, this just made me think we have to name this episode because we've been saying, you know, they're winning despite this and winning despite that. Um, Michael has the, the well, he, he has the classic cut off her nose to spider face. So we've been winning to, to spider face or, or like, how would we do that? Winning, <clears throat> winning to, 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 to spider, to spider shittiness. I don't know. <laughs> but see, like it, it goes both ways too. Because the Boston game, like okay, we got to the two nothing hole, but I think we played a great game. But nobody's talking about that game because we didn't get the extra point. Like we lost. Like we well, we, we and I think the Boston game, overtime. the Boston game was also overshadowed by the Bertuzzi thing where he was laughing at Marchand. Like there were there were things still to take away from that game that showed that this team is not where it needs to be. Like if that was a measuring stick, like they did play well. And I mean, they, they did play well in the game against Tampa. Again, they just keep giving up goals whenever their top guys aren't on the ice. And that's going to be a problem. So, yeah, some guys are playing well. McCabe had a good game tonight. It was nice to see him back. Um.
Oh, what about... Um, I don't think anybody in Leafs Nation got my, my joke, but I said TJ Brody is the Kevin Pillar of the NHL. Do you get what it's I mean? Diving? Like, just... No, so somebody was on a breakaway and he, he dove and had like the perfect little tip just to get the puck off the guy's stick and not trip him or anything. And it was like, like the diving to save something that had no business being saved is the most Kevin Pillar move you can do. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, um, anybody got anything fun to close with? I did want to talk about the Alex Galchenyuk insanity, but we, uh, if we go tomorrow, we'll talk about that. Um, I will, I will say that uh, I ended up taking my son to the OHL game in Brantford tonight. So the Bulldogs relocated to Brantford for a couple years. No issue. So they went from one of the biggest arenas in the OHL to the smallest, and let me tell you, it is a weird experience. Because you are right there at the ice, and uh, it was it was great. If you get a chance to get there for a game this year or next year, definitely go. It's hundred percent worth it. And uh, unfortunately, Montreal drafted Wi-Fi's little brother because he was pretty good. Scored two goals tonight. He had a filthy dangle and then a beautiful snipe. Mini Scrabble. Yeah, Scrabble so to he, go. He got Wi-Fi and Scrabble. <laughs> yeah oh god okay well like we said we got uh, Vancouver tomorrow we might be back what are you guys doing tomorrow night <laughs> cool let's do it should be yeah we gotta get back into it yeah yeah things go on you know so uh, we're back and we'll get some episodes out to you guys. Lots to uh, to talk about in the coming days. Hopefully this team can turn things around. And uh, if they don't, there's still things to talk about. Probably more. Well, especially over the next couple games because we have tomorrow against Vancouver and then we have the two games in Sweden. Yeah, and that'll be interesting if uh, Willie's still on his streak to take over to Sweden. That'll be fun. Yep. Knock on wood. Um, was there anything else? I think that's it. We are sponsored by... Nobody. <laughs> Bye, nobody. Yeah, it, it does suck again that Lilligren won't be there, but uh, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back. Love y'all. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Nothing? Somebody. Me neither. We should do like, I don't know, since we always do post-credit things we should do like a crossover episode soon really fill out our uh, our universe you know happy birthday marty oh is his birthday i saw i, I saw him make a post i don't know how low to, how late it was oh happy birthday <laughs>